0: Good morning, everybody.
1: Good morning.
0: Let's worship together, shall we? Would you stand and sing with us, please?
1: One, two, three.
2: Worship. We're so glad that you've come here this morning to praise God and be present with us. So important today as we continue our journey about BUMC and what that means for us to be United Methodist Church. We started last week with the general rules. I know you came to church and you're like, you're going to talk about rules? Yeah, the first rule is do no harm. You remembered. And the second rule is. Do good. So today we're going to talk about what that might look like and what it means to us as United Methodists to do good. And then next week we'll talk about the final rule, which is stay in love with God. So come back, and then we'll have one final week where we wrap it up with what it means to be UMC. So before we get started, I'm going to invite Lori Gansey here to share with us some announcements.
3: Good morning. Um, as pastor said, my name is Lori Gancy. I've been a member of this congregation for about 15 years. Um, I'm currently part of the Bell Choir. I've served on the Finance Committee for longer than I can remember. And <laughs> I am currently the treasurer of the church. Um, I was raised a United Methodist, um, confirmed married and uh always went to the methodist church i think the thing that i like best about or one of the things i like best about hello to sales united methodist church is uh in the early part of my life i although i believed in god i didn't have a relationship with christ and i um had a couple of bad things i guess as that happens to lots of people happened in my life and i needed that relationship and i found so many mentors here and good strong christians that um I just never wanted to leave, so that's, that's my story. Um, I wanted to tell you just a few things that are happening here at the church this coming week or in the future soon. There's a Women's Walk to Emmaus coming up March 2nd through March 5th. You're welcome to come as a pilgrim, or if you'd like, you can sponsor one of our church women. I would encourage you to sign up. It's a life-changing experience, I can say from experience. Um, applications are at the desk, or you can speak to Carolyn Donnelly or the pastor for more information about the Walk to Emmaus. Karen Baldwin is coordinating the Reading Buddies for both Wonky and Thornton Elementary schools. If you have completed the background check and are ready to start reading to kids, she would like to get you set up for either Wonky or Thornton Elementary. Please see pastor after worship to get karen baldwin's contact information and the last one is serving saturday it's a church-wide effort to do good and jesse's going to give us some more details about that
1: good morning church family i'm back you couldn't get rid of me Uh, my only announcement today is about our first serve saturday of the year you might see these around the lobby or the fellowship hall um, our Surf Saturday started as something I wanted to do last year to begin service in our congregation for all ages and all abilities. For everybody to be able to come out and do something together to help our community. And we're hoping to do six this year. So this is our first one. We're doing it in January. And we're going to be packing cold weather kits to distribute to the local Holotus area. Um, You might be wondering, what's a cold weather kid? Well, Texas is bipolar, and we never know in wintertime, right, if you're going to wake up and it's going to be below freezing, if you're going to wake up and it's going to be like 80 like it was last week. So we want to make sure that everybody is ready for that cold weather. So we're going to put together little backpacks filled with gloves, with hats, with neck gaiters, with hand warmers, um, with wool socks, Uh, and toiletries and sanitation products and snacks to distribute to people in our area that need them. These are bags that we will personally be handing out. I don't know, has anybody ever seen somebody on the street corner of Bandera Road in 1604? Right? I know I have many times, and quite often I am that person that has no cash in their purse because I always use my card, and I have nothing to hand out. But we wanna make sure that those people are getting what they need. Holotus is a very affluent area, but there is not as many ministries here to help those in need as there are in downtown San Antonio. So this is something we can directly do to affect the population here for people who need it, to share our warmth with them, to invite them to our fellowship dinners, and to feed them, to let them know that they have a place where they are loved and welcome and can always come and feel the warmth of Christ's love. Um, so we are, doing, we are packing the kits physically this Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall, so the 28th from 4 to 5 p.m. Um, and if you would like to donate towards the kits, you can do so through our Amazon wish list. We have a whole wish list full of warm clothing items and such things. Um, so you can see in the QR codes and these little posters that you see around out in the lobby or in the Fellowship Hall. You can visit our Facebook page and click on the event link uh, and the, the Amazon wish list link is in there. You can go to our website on the front page This exact graphic is on the front page. If you click on it, it'll bring up the explanation of what it is with Amazon Wishlist. If you don't like Amazon Wishlist, I don't blame you. Sometimes they're a pain. You could also donate through offering and just designate it towards Serve Saturday. Uh, I hope to see everyone there. It's open to all ages and abilities and mobilities, whatever you are able to do. We need people to pack kits. We need people to pray over the kits. We need people to distribute them. And there's a place for everybody to do that. I hope to see you there.
3: When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of of life. John 8, verse 12. This light is a reminder to stay present to the Lord as he is present with us. Now let us welcome the light of Christ as we stand in body or spirit. The first scripture reading today comes from Romans, chapter 12. It's... uh, on the Pew Bible, if you want to read it, it's on page 1034. It is chapter 12 and it's verses nine through 21 and it is subtitled Marks of the True Christian. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, Be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of God for the people of God. God. And now let us pray. Dear loving God, with your grace, we are lifted and empowered to love you and others as we love ourselves. O oh Lord, we ask that you bless our worship service today. We pray that you would help us have a yearning heart and an open ear so that we may thirst for your word and be even more transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord. May you fill us with wisdom to understand your will. And after this worship service, may you help us make, will you help make us instruments for your greater purpose. These things we ask in the holy name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Oh my goodness, so I wanted to talk to you guys today about love. Have you guys heard that word before? There's like a whole holiday surrounding the word love. Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. that's right, we're coming up to it pretty fast. Yeah. And that holiday was just kind of like sort of made up, did you know that? It was made up because uh, a long time ago, this company called Hallmark was like, you know what? People love each other sometimes. And I think we can make money off of this. So let's make it a holiday. What? (laughs) So they made it a card holiday and that's how Valentine's Day was born. And we do all sorts of things surrounding love, right? If we're gonna go along with Valentine's Day, right? If you're in a relationship, a romantic one, like between mom and dad or spouses, right? romantic relationships between people who are married. You do things like buy each other a gift, right? Maybe you go out out to a special dinner. If you have friends, I remember in school, I used to be able to buy flowers for my friends to wish them a happy Valentine's Day. When I was in high school, I would do that. And I could send carnations to all my friends in their classrooms. And then elementary school, I mean, Valentine's Day in elementary school is the day to get candy in class, right? You pass around Valentine's, you give everybody candy, and there's usually classroom parties happening in every, every classroom, and you get your fill of sugar, right? So love is about sugar. Is that what I got from that? Yes. It's delicious, it's delicious about sugar. So when I say the word love, we should think of candy hearts. Yes. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. When I say the word love, are we supposed to think about behaviors or words? No. No? We're not supposed to think about anything? Both, that's right Ruby. So a lot of times we we take that word love and we use it in all sorts of ways and we throw it around like it's nothing, right? I love pizza, I mean I love pizza and I love coffee but do you think I am in love with pizza and coffee? No, I'm not in love with them, I just enjoy them, right? But I do love my husband and I love that he walks beside me in life and he is there for me in all the ways that I need. I do love and am love with Jesus, right? And if I am his disciple, then that love should be apparent to other people. The Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us that if we are Christians, others should know that by the way that we love God. Did you know that? So do you, do you guys think that when you're walking around in life that people know you're Christians just by your behavior? Because I know walking around in my life, there are a lot of times where my behavior maybe doesn't seem like I love God right? It is so easy for me to get annoyed about little tiny things. I talked about my vacation, they're writing for me to do this, because I talked about my vacation I was just on at first service, and how I was on this awesome floating hotel on our cruise, and I had all of these, all you could eat things, everything I could possibly want was right at my fingertips, but I had to deal with people to get them. I couldn't just go get ice cream whenever I wanted to without dealing with people. Was it worth it? Sometimes. I couldn't, just go to the buffet at any time I want to, wanted to without having to stand in a line. Who likes to stand in line? I don't, why are all these people in front of me? I should be first, right? Or without having to deal with people walking in groups down the walkway and then suddenly deciding to stop and have a world summit conference happening right in the middle of the walkway and they block everybody else from going where they need to go. Or people who cut in lines, right? Life is full of lines, and when people cut in those lines, it's frustrating, isn't it? And I know that during this vacation, I got very frustrated with these people, and my heart was not loving them like Jesus taught me to love. And my actions at those times probably came off as annoyed, right? Do you remember ever reading anything in here about Jesus acting annoyed with people who were in line? No, that's absolutely right. Oh, lines have always existed, sweetie. I can guarantee you, (laughs) as long as there have been people, there have been lines. No, but Jesus, every time we encounter Jesus in the Bible, he is actively loving people. He is compassionate towards them. He has empathy for what they are going through. He puts himself in their situation. He is kind towards them. He is gracious, and he has mercy with every single person he meets. And if I am following Jesus, then my love should be an action that does those things to other people as well. It shouldn't be being frustrated because the guy across the table from me is chewing with his mouth open. That's not love. (laughs) Right. So we're going to talk today in Spark Worship. We're going to talk about sharing God's love with others and being the good in the world around us. We're going to do a uh, scripture uh, matchup game. We're going to sing a song about letting our light shine because I love to let my light shine. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Does that sound good? Letting our light shine. Let's pray, okay? Bow your heads, fold your hands, close your eyes. Say, dear God. God. Thank you for showing us us. your awesome, amazing love. Help us share it it with everyone we meet. meet. In your name we pray. pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to walk out the back quietly for Spark Worship.
2: As is our habit here at the church, we ask you to lift your prayer requests by raising your hand and giving your name, and Eric will run up to you or walk quickly. He'll stroll over to you with the microphone and ask you to give your name, if you would please, in the person or persons or event you're praying for. I'll write them down and share those with our Monday night prayer group, which meets right here at six o'clock every Monday. And on our Facebook page, Protecting Your Anonymity, we'll only use a first name. Okay, so if you have a prayer request, please raise your hand high and let Eric pass you the mic. Hi, my name is
4: Susan and um, our dear friend and new member here at Hellotis Hills, Cleve Collins is in the hospital. He um, had an ablation done, procedure done on Wednesday that went very well he went home. But then on Thursday night, he started to have trouble breathing, so they went to the ER. I'm not really sure if they're at the Big Methodist or not. I think they are in the medical center. And then um, he has pneumonia associated with his immunotherapy drugs that was triggered by the ablation procedure. So it took a while for them to find a room for him. He was in the R a long time. He's on oxygen and steroid IVs. He's doing a lot better as of yesterday. And the, uh, they're weaning him off that oxygen so he can go home tomorrow. Um, so they're hoping for that release. So just prayers for complete healing, for Cleve to get off of that oxygen, and then for comfort and care for Nancy as well.
2: Thank you, Susan, for sharing that news with us. And we respond, Lord, hear our prayers um i would like to ask uh prayers for my cousin her name is uh, lisa and she's been on the waiting list for a kidney for many years many years and she's has her total faith in our lord god and she just needs more prayers thank you for at least on the kidney list lord hear our prayers Hi, my name is Doris, and I would like to lift up Bob. He is the husband of Patsy, who is having knee surgery tomorrow. Patsy's husband, having knee surgery tomorrow. Thank you, Doris. Lord, hear our prayers. I have a couple prayer
4: requests for Debbie, who is home and is having packings done to her wounds. We'll go back in a couple of weeks for surgery to close the wounds. So prayers for that to go well, Um, and then last week, this is a praise, um, I asked you all to pray for Julia on her way back to school, or Denton, where she's gonna work until she goes to grad school, but um, she got back safely, and then Thursday she was (gasps) T-boned. She's fine, um, but the guy who hit her is not telling the truth, so we need prayers for him to uh, be honest and it worked out to protect her. And we are praising God and thanking him for her safety.
2: Lord, hear our praise and Lord, hear our prayers.
1: My name is Paula.
2: Just wanna ask a prayer for Jeff. He'll have a, for his new job interview tomorrow. Thank you. for a job interview tomorrow. Lord, hear our prayers.
0: My name's Roy. I'd like to ask a prayer for my son, Brad. He was playing basketball Monday night at the Lutheran church, fell and shattered his hip. Uh, He's back home, but uh, I ask for healing. Thank you.
2: After a complete hip replacement, yes, Lord, Here are prayers.
0: I'd like to ask prayers for a friend of mine up in Kerrville. Her name is Selena. Um, She's needing to get a triple bypass. and She's also having to go through COVID at this particular time.
2: So she needs a triple bypass and has COVID. Lord, here are prayers.
4: My name is Jesus, and uh, we have a friend who has numerous, numerous uh, pro- physical problems, and uh, and I would like to ask prayers for him uh, prayers. for some healing and you know so he can at least walk around a little bit.
2: So prayers for Charles for healing and comfort. Lord, hear our prayers.
1: This is a praise for my son, Brian. He's been a police officer in Beaumont for
0: eight years. Army Reservist with Blackhawk Pilot for the last 10. And he started his dream job on Monday where he is flying helicopters for the Jefferson County Sheriff's
3: Department.
2: Mm. Lord, hear our praise.
3: I'm JB, but just like to ask some prayers for my uncle, Harvey Wellman, who had a heart attack this last week. He lives up in Lubbock and he'll be 80 on this coming Saturday.
2: Lord, hear our prayers. All of
0: a sudden, a crack in in the walls
2: of one of uh, my rooms. It's from the window all the way down to the floor. We don't know if it's foundation problems or if it's just um, needs to be, the wall needs to be repaired. And it's going to be, if it's foundation problems, it's quite costly. And I'd also like to ask for prayers for the families of the 10 people who were killed in the mass shooting. I'm not sure when the shooting happened, but it, they had it on TV this morning. Okay, Lord. Hear our prayers. So much to carry before the Lord. Let us take a few moments to offer our own thoughts and prayers. We'll close with a corporate prayer and the Lord's prayer together. Let us pray. The Lord our God... There's so much that we carry before you in the silence of our hearts, in the needs of the people of the city and state and country and world. We ask for your merciful love and care to follow and surround all, each one. And we thank you for your unending care and compassion for us. Open our hearts wide to receive your love and to extend your compassion to the whole human family. We sincerely seek to do no harm to do good, and to stay in love with you, God. Forgive us when we have strayed from your truth, and guide us back to your light and love. Bless those we hold in our prayers, and grant them a full measure of your grace and mercy. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. people who hang out together, couples who have been married for a long time, how they begin to look alike. I know you're a little worried as you turn and look at your spouse or a significant other and say, I don't look like him, but you do. Not only do we tend to choose partners who look like us, but it turns out that the more time you spend with someone, the longer you share your life with them, you begin to look like them. And as we share our lives with others in close relationships, we look alike. John Wesley believed the same thing when it has to do with our relationship with Jesus Christ. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more we get to know Jesus, the more we learn about Jesus and serve Jesus, the more we start to look like Jesus. And isn't that the goal of our Christian journey? To be like Jesus. We, I have a new hashtag, Sharon. It's like, this is a hashtag sign for kids. You know, that's what I do. Hashtag BLJ, 2023. And for me, that stands like hashtag be like Jesus in 2023. Be like Jesus now. Thank you, Janet. How can we start to look like Jesus? How can we act more like Jesus? Well, first, by turning our lives over to Jesus and asking him to come into our hearts. And then we say, Lord, be our Lord and savior. And then all of a sudden we begin to have a desire to look more and more like Jesus. And the more we open our heart to Christ, the more we look like him in grace and love. So let's look at scripture together. You already heard from Romans 12 when Lori read, We're going to look at Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. The Pew Bible page is up there for you if you want to pull the Pew Bible out and read it with me. It's on page 924. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? And Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The next verses we're going to read from come from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 14 through 18. Again, in your pew Bible, you'll find those verses on page 1077. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seeks to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the word of God for the people of God. I don't know about y'all, but I want to look more and more like Jesus And John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, wanted us to look more and more like Jesus, too. Jesus was the ultimate do-gooder. And sometimes we Methodists have been called that, haven't we? Ultimate do-gooders. That's what we do. Do you remember those WWJD bracelets that everybody used to wear? I had one, too. What did that stand for? What would Jesus do? My bracelet this year would read something different it would be hashtag BLJ 2023. Be like Jesus in 2023, be like Jesus now. So how in the world can we be like Jesus and resemble him more and more in our life? In the next few weeks, we're gonna continue to seek to be more and more Christ-like by learning the United Methodist general rules and by following Micah 6.8. Micah 6, 8 undergirds our entire series on BUMC. And that says, He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Last week, we started learning about the general rules that John Wesley used to help people grow in their discipleship, to be like Jesus. He laid down these general rules after a group of some 8 to 10 people came to him for instructions on how to flee the wrath to come. And that is how to keep your souls saved. How to grow more and more like Jesus. Now John Wesley was taught by his own mother, Susanna Wesley, in the values and order of spiritual disciplines. And Wesley saw their request is that they needed structure, They needed to be educated and inspired to support their fledgling Christian faith in the way of salvation. Thus was born the United Society, the first of its kind in Europe and in the American colonies, as a community of faith to nurture followers of Jesus Christ. The general rules formed the society's charter and they basically boiled down to three simple guidelines. The first is, do no harm. The second, do good. And the third, stay in love with God. Today, we're going to look more closely at the second, which is do good. Throughout the Bible, we are repeatedly instructed to do no harm, to love justice and kindness, to walk in humbleness God's clear directives and Jesus' words of life made things simple for us as believers. Not easy, but simple. Love God, love others. As the praise team sang this morning, love God, love people. Last Sunday, we were challenged to live a life with these rules in mind. And I wonder, how did you do with the first rule? Oh, Janet confessed, I didn't. The first rule was do no harm, how did you do? Great, Smitty stayed home all week and he did great. (laughs) I'll ask Doris later if you did no harm. When you do no harm and you are mindful of that all the time, I think you're going to find that it's not as easy as it sounds. And I will confess to you, this past week I became acutely aware of the impact of my words and actions on others. And I confess to you, my brothers and sisters, that sometimes I've failed. i failed to do no harm. And when I would reflect back on a, a conversation and I would see that maybe something I said hurt somebody, I made it a point to go back to them and clarify that I never meant to do harm. Did you do that this past week too? Because I guarantee if you're human, you probably had a significant harming situation where you said or did something that might have hurt somebody's feelings. Pay attention to how you live your life and consider, how do I do no harm? And this week, the second simple lesson, oh, it's so simple, do good, right? You'd think that it was simple, but it is really hard to always do good. It's kind of difficult to always do good. For instance, when Lori read the scripture this morning from Romans 12, did anything strike you about that scripture? Lori, I think you actually said to me this week, okay, heaping hot coals on somebody's head, and that's a good thing? And that's what she read this morning. It doesn't sound like a good thing to heap hot coals on somebody's head. And the very first time I read this, I really had a a time to study and reflect on that too. And then I learned in the ancient world... Frequently, to set a fire was a really important thing because they didn't have lighters and they didn't have matches. And so to have fire meant life. When you move from camp to camp, often you wanted to take coal with you so that you would have a fire as you went. And so frequently they would carry a coal on their head like in a hibachi little grill. And as they'd walk through the city... If someone was feeling generous, they might drop some hot coal on their head. And thus, when they got to the end of their journey or they went to camp and set up for the night, they would find that they had the makings of fire before them. Fire which would protect them, fire which would cook their meals, fire which would boil their waters, fire which would protect them from uh, animals or anything coming around. Do you see how heaping hot coals might be a good thing? Heaping hot coals means that you were providing fire, the basic need in life for them. And our scripture today admonishes us. When somebody does wrong to you, you have an enemy, what are you supposed to do? Bless Bless them. Heap hot coals upon their head because there you're not doing harm. In fact, you're doing good. God loves us so much that he's provided all kinds of help. God gave us Jesus Christ that we might live doing no harm, that we might live doing good works. And the greatest commandment of all, according to Jesus, was to love God and love people. Do good. Here we have the foundation and instruction for faithful living, and it is simple and it is profound and sometimes it's hard to do good. It reminds me that it is the highest form of living faithfully, because doing good is rooted in love. And love is not only the action of meeting somebody else's needs, but it also reflects our deepest motivation. For if we are motivated out of our love of God, then clearly everything you do will reflect that back to others. God's love and care. Loving others is doing what it takes for them to experience God's love more and more and more. Do you see how important that is for you as a Christian? For you to love others for God will transform their life. And much of the Bible gives us instructions on how to do that. Just the sampling we heard from this morning tells us what love looks like. From Micah 6.8, it looks like kindness, mercy, humbleness. From Romans 12, love is genuine, doing good, showing honor, serving the Lord, persevere, pray, be generous and hospitable to strangers, bless others, rejoice with them, live in harmony, peaceably. And from Thessalonians, we learn that love is helping others, being patient with all and here it is again it said to do good rejoice always pray without ceasing giving thanks to god see to do good really should be pretty easy right it should be but sometimes it's downright hard to do good i was in a group called the 10 brave christians group and it was with about 12 women And it could be groups of men, groups of women, or or together. And the book was 10 Brave Christians, the John Wesley Great Experiment, written by Danny Morris. The premise of this book was to find just 10 people, just 10 people who'd commit their lives for 30 days to put God first. We were asked to put God to the test and take up our cross and follow him for 30 days. In just these 30 days, we were asked one to meet together every week to pray, two work two hours in the church every week, three give a tenth of our earnings for the month, four spend from 5:30 a.m. to 6:30 a.m. Or yes, every morning in daily prayer and studying scripture, and then out of that time, write one unselfish act of kindness and generosity you would do that day. Be specific. Name the person, name the act, and later, go back to your notebook and write down your reaction and their reaction for having done it. And then the fifth thing is, is to witness your experience to God, to everyone that you met. Now, you see why it's hard to get 10 brave Christians to do all these things. I think my hardest thing was getting up at 5.30, 5.30 to 6, and make that a discipline. Well, we did this for 30 days and every week when our group got together, we would share how it went. What scripture was teaching us, how um, it went with giving, what were you doing the, for your two hours in the church, and how did your act of kindness and generosity go that week. And one day, one of the women in our group, I'll call her Carol, told us about her experience with one day of generosity and good work. See, Carol's a runner and she jogs every day in her neighborhood. And so when she noticed that her elderly neighbor couldn't easily get her trash bins in and out, those big trash and recycle bins, she decided she was gonna act generously by taking those back to her house. You know, move them from the street back to her home. So she jogged by all in a good mood, thinking about her good deed for the day. She went to the trash receptacle and started to move it back to the house. The lady opens her door and screams, stop it! Stop it right now. Quit stealing my bins. (laughs) And Carol said, well, I'm just trying to help. I just want to move them next to your house so you don't have to do it. She said, I don't want you to help. And so Carol said, okay, I'll put them back. And she put them back in the street and said, have a blessed day. And went on about her jog. A little confused because she had a good deed in mind. I'm going to do this good deed and they're going to like it. So, we got to be careful in thinking and acting. How are we going to do What if they don't see our activity as a good deed? Well, that was a learning experience, too, wasn't it? So, think about ways that you can do a good deed for others. What I started doing is I was in a line, I think at Thundercloud Sub. Do y'all have those here? Is there? Okay. Thank you, Lori. I love thundercloud subs. And I was in line getting my lunch, and I got up to the window, and the guy said, "Uh, the person ahead of you just paid for your sandwich. What? Yeah, they just just wanted to pay for your sandwich, so you don't owe us anything. And I couldn't believe that they'd done that, and it felt so good. So I said, okay, I'll pay for the car behind me, praying that it wasn't a group of like 10 students. I would have committed to paying for it anyway. But I did the same thing then, I paid for the people behind me. And then I drove off, because they don't know who did it, they just know somebody paid for our meal. Often when I'm H-E-B, I think about that too. I think about, should I just pay for the person behind me without looking to see? Well, if I'm in the 15 line, I'm totally cool with it. But you see what I mean? You can do good deeds. And when you, when you start doing them, it feels so good, and you just want to share that love with others. And it doesn't matter if you have the money to do it or not. Good deeds are as simple as picking up the trash that's in front of you. And we don't have to wait until April 10th. You know what April 10th is? It's National Good Deeds Day. <laughs> as United Methodists, you can do good deeds every single day, and God knows it's good for you. Scientists even agree. Scientists now say that doing good deeds decreases stress. So if you're stressed out, get out there and do good deeds. It says it increases life expectancy. Good deeds make us feel better, make us feel happier at work, promote mental health, and leads to happiness. And it will motivate you to do good again and again and again. It's true. Good deeds benefit us and they take our commitment to God to the next level. And that's all the Lord requires of us, right? And really, what does God desire? And what John Wesley dreamed of for all his people is to do good. The rules of life given by Wesley, they guide us to live in practical ways, to love God and love others, and that's what it means to be UMC. Serving others and doing good for others is life-changing as the Holy Spirit works in and through you, and you get to see it and be part of it. And that is so amazing, because something miraculous happens when the power of the Holy Spirit is unleashed in our world. Imagine it, and let me be clear, these rules, these general rules apply to everyone, from children all the way up to 118. It's true. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King once said this, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb match to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Everybody can do good work. Look around you with eyes of grace, and you're going to find many ways you can stop and do good. I'm always remembering when I'm faced with a decision, and you know what it feels like when the Holy Spirit's kind of nudging you to do something. And I ask myself in that second, if not me, then who? Not now, then when? And that never fails to move me to God's call to do good. Are you getting what it means to be UMC? Are you getting what it means to show God's love to and through others in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds? We follow John Wesley's general rules of life. To do no harm, to do good, and to love the Lord our God. Stay in love with God. Next week, we'll delve more closely into the one, stay in love with God and what that means. Did you realize that countless service institutions from hospitals to colleges and universities to community centers to children and retirement homes exist because of the financial and volunteer support of United Methodist. Did you realize that? Just in the city alone, when you told me about Cleve, and I asked Susan, which hospital? How many Methodist hospitals are there in San Antonio? How many? Four or five? More than that. Why are they called Methodist hospitals? Because they are connected to you through Methodism. The very place where my mom resides, Morningside Manor, is a Methodist ministry. And you are part of those ministries because you support them. Did you know when I say countless, and I mean too many to count, children's centers, feeding ministries, prison ministries, elder care, and other missions are supported by local United Methodist congregations around the world? Just here in our church? I asked Jan last week how many outreach and mission activities do we have? Do you know what she reported? 17, in this church alone, which you have your handprints all over. If you have a desire to be at mission in this church, Jan, will you please raise your hand? This is Jan, and she is in charge of our missions and outreach committee, and she will put you to work. You Methodists are amazing. The United Methodist Committee on Relief, you've heard us call it Umcor. And then you say, what in the world does UMCOR mean? UMCOR, United Methodist Committee on Relief, represents the single most effective mission for doing good. UMCOR is in the top 10% of all charitable organizations for financial support, transparency, and accountability. With 100% of the donations that you give to UMCOR going to mission and recovery, development of easing the suffering around the world. Um UMCOR is among the first on the ground to provide support in a major disaster, and they are the last to leave, using long-term ministry to rebuild shattered lives. You are Um UMCOR. Last uh, Communion Sunday rail offering was for Um UMCOR, and what you gave went to support this organization, which supports people around the world. You are UMC and that connection is so powerful. For the gift of UMCOR alone, we can praise God and be very grateful. There is life-changing power when we follow John Wesley's general rules, when we do no harm, when we do good, and when we stay in love with God. And I invite you to breathe deeply the blessings of being connected as a United Methodist. But don't get too comfortable, because we still have much to do. Look around you and do all the good you can in as many ways as you can, as long as you ever can. For that is what it means to be a UMC. And to that I say, thank you and amen.
3: Amen. Uh, As we prepare for the offering, I would just share that the reason I give to the church, uh, I I give of my talents and I I give financially. Um, I certainly receive more than I give when I do those things. But I would say that the main reason I I give is to honor the pledge that I made to the church and it actually makes me a joyful um, giver because even though I fall short in a lot of things during the week, it makes me joyful to know that I'm honoring God and this church with my pledge. Let us pray. Great God of heaven and earth, You call us to leave behind our preoccupations and to follow you into the future. Sometimes we find your call challenging. We are comfortable, maybe even complacent, in our present. May this act of giving be a gesture of our willingness to follow where you lead. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Will the ushers please come forward to receive our offering.
2: Father, we thank you for this, the gifts of your people given to support your work here at Helotus Hills. We ask you, O oh Lord, to grant us wisdom and care as we pour forth these resources back out of our hands into the community that people might know and love you. We ask for this in Christ's holy name, and those who agree, say amen. 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 Thank you so much for being in worship today. We are a church formed by John Wesley, who never intended to build a church. You know, he was an Anglican priest. And his job was to help people who found Christ grow in grace. And out of that growing in grace, we became a religion, a denomination, and that's where we are today. So our roots are deep in these rules of faith. Doing no harm, doing all the good we can, and love, staying in love with God. And so I, I ask you, if you want to become part of this congregation, come up and tell me during the singing of our final hymn. And for us, we will state what our mission is as we leave this place and go into the world. Will you say it with me? The mission of Holotus Hills United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. As we leave here, I encourage you to go forth in the power of this benediction that you might do all the good you can, that you might not do harm, and that you will stay in love with God. Amen? Amen. Let us go forth in peace.